Pull up a stool and pour yourself a pint, as you're about to join three intrepid drinkers, Kevin, Justin, and Mark, as they embark on another beer-tastic voyage. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Beer-tastic Voyage. My name's Kevin. Me, I'm Mark. And I'm I'm Justin in English. <laughs> Justin in English, okay. Yes. Um, today we have another beer from my voyage to central and upstate New York, and it's another one of those... Uh, you know, bucket list beers, breweries that I wanted to visit. And this is Omegang Brewery. Um, pretty famous. You've kind of, you've probably heard of them before. Valar Morgulis. Yeah, Valar Morgulis. All Mad Bend the Knee. Bend the Knee. They also had the Fire and Blood and the uh, Take the Black Stout, which That's was probably right. my favorite out of all of them. They have uh, a licensing deal with uh, HBO and Game of Thrones, where they made uh, the variety of Game of Thrones beers. And beyond those, which I think those are some of their weakest offerings, to be honest. Bellardo Harris. Um, yes, all my muscle if too. Yeah, that's right. I, I'm sorry. You do not speak Valerian? The, no. The speech of the free city. I have Valerian. Right, I, yeah. Okay. I've, I've never read the books. I've never seen an episode. I know there are dragons, naked people, some gay stuff. That's all I have on Game of Thrones. And lots of ham that's been glazed with honey and uh, <laughs> studded with garlic. Okay, then. Yes, know. the way he writes, he does emphasize the way the food is in. But he, I'm, I'm if you've ever seen a picture of George R. R. Martin, you know oh, that, yeah. <laughs> that dude, he's a, he's he a man that about enjoys twenty four seven. You like when when he is like. So I haven't read the books either. I listened to the audio books because there's no way I ever would have gotten through reading the books. You'd still be on book one right now. Yes. Um. The passages where he goes into great detail describing the food that is there at whatever feast or what have you that's going on at the time it's like like if you've ever read token when token talks about the food it is like even like more yes he goes into a certain amount of detail and you can imagine you can imagine martin just kind of like you know rubbing (laughs) his nipple With, as, as he's with his fisherman, with his fisherman cap on, yeah, because oh, it never comes off. I'm having weird like well, Moby Dick fantasies yeah. right now. <laughs> all right, well, I'm a huge fan of those books, and those beers are all pretty good. But to take the black stout of them, I think is the best. But uh, I haven't had most of them, but I, did I think have the rest to take of them black stout and are, was pretty good. Yeah, the beers that Oma Gang most notably. Uh, C's are the Three Philosophers, which is a quad that they make. Uh, they're Abbey Ale. I thought Three Philosophers was a triple. That's the quad? That's, That's a, quad. a quad, for yeah. sure. Three Philosophers is a quad. They make a triple, too, though. I'm sure they do. It's not Three Philosophers. No. Nah. Okay. Um, they also make the Hennepin. Yeah. Uh, which is their Saison. That's the... B- I, I'm, the not a, I'm not a fan of the Hennepin. Um, me, me neither, but not it's not really like, a big one on that it's one. It's like the BJCP standard Saison. And... Um, and I mentioned the Abbey Ale, which is their double. Um, we do not have any of those here today, but finally getting a chance to stop by there. They are very close to Cooperstown, New York, which is home of the Baseball Hall of Fame, um, which is probably the biggest uh, tourist draw in the region. But they sit, um, they sit on an old farmstead, which actually used to be an old hop farm um, about 120 years ago. It used to be a hop farm. I and did see that in... Uh... The brief and of time I now it website. sits on a beautiful 136 acres in central New York, 
and they like to say that uh, it's where heaven met earth and stayed a while. And I got to say, when you come down out of the mountains to hit this spot, and you come around and you just see these big wide open fields divided by little rows of trees, and then there's some rows of hops around, and then you see this wonderful white wood building that is uh, reminiscent of Belgian farmhouses. It's an absolutely gorgeous sight. It really is. The picture but, that you had posted on Facebook was really cool. Yeah. Like the, it's, it's a beautiful... There's a lot of rhombus details in the yeah. building, right? Yes, that is kind of that is the motif of having these little diamond rhombuses all over the place. There's a lot of checkered patterns going on. But they really invest heavily in their Belgian roots, and that's their decided style, that they want to brew a lot of their beers in the Belgian style. Um, Oma Gang itself is actually a name of a beer, of a festival period in Belgium. Huh. So they st- so they took that and they said, "Hey, it's a festival." I don't. Know, I'm going to say that it's similar to Oktoberfest and that it's a festival and there's a lot of drinking. I don't know how much how close it actually is in that sense. Um, but for today, um, I brought back the Rosetta, which is an ale aged on cherries. Um, I also brought back the Pale Sour Ale and their Lovely Dark and Deep, which is their oatmeal stout. Now, for a very reasonable price, if you stop by there, you can do the tour of the facility, um, which is a very, which is a brief tour. It's maybe about 20 minutes tour. They show you their brew house. They show you their bottling line. And then you do the important stuff. You go into the tasting room and you get a chance to try six different uh, beers that they have on tap. And they give you a little... Omegang tul- mini tulip glass probably holds about four, you know, three four ounces, and you get to keep the glass. That's cool. So, uh, my wife and I we did the tour, and we were very happy a with three it. Three hour tour. A three hour tour. No, not nearly three hours. Um, I tried on the tour to not be the know-it-all guy. <laughs> that know like, and when it comes to beer, I'm not. I, there's so much that I don't know, but. He's asking like the basic. Like, I've, de- the, I've definitely learned to like, like just keep it to yourself, Mark. Yeah, uh, like yes, I know that's called. I know that it's called the mash. I know that's called a lauder ton. I know oh, like, we're doing the Voroloff. Okay, yeah, like I, I know, I know the phrases. I get the pro. I understand the process. Um, which, if you're ever looking at their big building that they have on all their labels, just think the archway is really nothing. It's just an archway to drive through. Um, one side of the building is their brew house, which I think that which they have a very large brew house for the amount of uh, bottles that they do. I think they ha- can get up to about forty thousand barrels a year. Wow! Um, they um, I will if I'm remembering correctly. The tour guide said basically they are the biggest that you can get and still be considered a microbrewery. Or something like that. I'm not exactly sure, but I'm not sure. Uh, I mean, it, I'm, I'm, it was a couple. It was a couple weeks ago, and to be honest, it was after I had quite a few of their samples. So I'm not a hundred percent certain. I mean, on that's that. fair. I mean, I also know that like Omegang is owned by Duval Morgat. Yes, they are. That is true. They own, they own a. Uh, I think they own a majority stake in it now. Yes, um, uh, but they're in good company because. Uh, Boulevard and uh, Firestone Walker. Firestone Walker are, are also, also by owned by them. Right, which I had not known either of those. So finding out that when I went there, I was very surprised because I really like both of those breweries as well. Yeah. Uh, Firestone 
Um, has some beers that I'm interested in, not quite as many, but everything that I've had from Boulevard has really impressed me. Love Child number six is pretty damn good. Yeah. Um, the the tank number seven from the Smokestack series is not really in my wheelhouse, yeah. but everything else from Boulevard I've had has been good. So when you go there, they have a big, um, big store where you can buy all sorts of beers and a lot of the stuff that I had never seen before. And I was had to get, you know, not take all of them home. (laughs) Um, I have one bottle that I saw for us, uh, that I grabbed for us that we're going to have at Friendsgiving, uh, in a couple weeks called bigger and Bredder. Oh man. That's been hanging out in my fridge that I can't wait to share with you guys. I'm really interested. I think I've heard of that one. I've never had it, and I've never heard of it, so I'm really looking forward to trying that with you. But the ones that we have to try today, um, like I said, the Rosetta is going to be the first one, and that is an ale aged on cherries, and all their um, all their sour stuff, and this one is part of, falls into that category, um, are actually brewed in Belgium. They're not brewed in New York. Huh. Um, they, I think they subcontract with uh, Leaf, Lef, Lef? L-E-F-F-E, Leffe. Yeah. yeah, they uh, they. They contract brew their their sour stuff with them. If I'm re- remembering the details from the tour guide, right? That's he said they subcontracted all of it, and the bottle here tells me that it's brewed in Belgium. So I'm assuming that I'm remembering the right one. The Check nose on the nose on this the nose on this is like insane cherries, right? Cra- crazy cherry, and the color again, pretty pretty dark for what I would expect. Yeah, it's, it's a dark amber, um, and you know. Maybe but, maybe a hint of reddish, yeah, from the cherry. But the nose on it is just so much cherry, and it does, it's not maraschino cherry, and no. it's not sour cherry. It is straight up just cherries. Right, yeah, regular stone yeah, cherries. It's the other so thing good. that's kind of it's not it's such by nice any scent. means, but the head on this is really persistent. Because mm. I poured this out a while ago, and I still have got a pretty even foam coating over yeah. the it laces glass. the shit out of the glass too and this one comes in at 5.6 abv so it's really right in the middle of there and i got to assume that it's the extra sugars from the cherries that are going to help ferment that up yeah the uh you get the the flavor comes through you get the cherries yep. but you know not in that like you said that weird maraschino like vibe yeah it's, it's just not, like it's not a yeah. extract cherry it's not imitation cherry it's it's a really good flavor i really like this beer a lot yeah I was excited to bring this beer back to you guys. Yeah, I mean, I've had the Rosetta before. It is really good, and uh, I'm enjoying drinking this yet yeah. again. I don't think I would want to chug it, and they serve it, and they, they sell it year-round now in uh, these little 11-ounce, 33-milliliter bottles. They look like Duval bottles. Yep, <laughs> I'm sure they're the same bottle. Yeah. Um, they you know, just relabel them. But. Yeah, because the Duvals that I've had have always been in, like, the squat. Really? ones yeah yeah if i'm remembering correctly it's i've always had the ones I've that look, look like the mini the mini uh 750s yeah i mean i've had plenty of belgian beers that have come in that kind of bottle yeah but the i mean i've only i only have had one because it wasn't really my thing yeah same here uh the four pack of the duval yeah but the the it was more like the red stripe bottles gotcha in uh beer Still one of the better taglines. No doubt. Um, I really like this Rosetta. I think it has just that... um, And my wife was the one... I was just going to try to get uh, the one bigger bottle of it that they had in there. But my wife was like, no, 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 no. Get the four pack. pack, Get the four pack. I I need some for the house. I I want one of those. I was like, 
all right, nice. <laughs> I can't say no. Um, and I think for me, it's going to be a bomber. Um, the sweetness, I think, would overwhelm after that, but it's really tasty, and it's just enough to kind of keep you interested in it, keep you going back for a little bit more. But if it was more than two, more than two pints of it, I think this the sweet would kind of start to get to me. I uh, I think you basically took the words out of my mouth. It's definitely going to be a bomber. Um, the sweetness would be too much after one or two of them. Yeah, but I have to say, for for beer, this is like one of the most successful ones I've had. Yeah, it's it's awesome how they blend, and it is a blended beer. They do take numerous different. Uh, Batches that they put in in different sour barrels and batches and and blend them together to get it and it's really delicious. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna be right there with you guys. Call this a hat trick, and also say it's a bomber, just because I think it would be it would become cloying if I tried to drink more than two in a row. Yeah, that's a good that's a good word for it. The you know it it would start to build up on you, but. Again, just the the cherry flavor of it. It just it's so good and it just kind of hangs out there and it's got just the littlest bit of sour to tame it that I really like. Yeah, the little sour, the little bit of sour definitely uh helps you continue drinking it. Now, the next one that we opened up is their lovely dark and deep oatmeal stout. Love me some oatmeal stout. Anytime. Absolutely. Oatmeal stout is one of my uh preferred varieties as well and when you pour it out it it fills the name of the you know it fulfills its name a hundred percent it's so dark it's black as night and it's got that nice big thick i would say this is black opaque yes oh yeah this this is you know we're up at 40 again on the srm scale and do me a favor pass me one of those things i'm gonna see if i can float that on top of this beer because the the head on this (laughs) is is crazy like not quite right, but not it's quite, pretty close not, it's not going to support a a, uh, a cork you can't but, float a cork from a 750 but but i'm sure you can float a bottle cap i bet on if there. i put the bottle cap on there i could float it and oh easily it's just it's such a good and this was another one i had not had it they do distribute this one a little bit it's their winter seasonal but i've never seen it before that's for sure yeah. um but as soon as i tasted it at the at the bar i was like oh man this is so good. Justin, his eyes are closed. He's deep enjoying this. For anybody who's been uh, listening to us for a little while, the uh, oatmeal stat is like my the style of beer that I want to compete with. It's one of my he favorite wants to styles. Rip it all over his nipples. I do. Um, so when I get a chance to taste, when I really pay a lot of attention, because I've had a lot of them, and uh, this is a very interesting oatmeal stat for me. Um, it's on the roastier end of the oatmeal stouts that I've had. Okay, I agree. Definitely not, uh, you know, way too roasty. Uh, I like it, though. Um, a little thinner on the mouthfeel than I like an oatmeal stout to be. But okay. it's still um, a damn good, damn good oatmeal stout. Yeah. I think I'm... the flavor profile is pretty close to your second attempt at the oatmeal stout yes. that we were sampling earlier, Justin. Um, and this has the same kind of uh like almost soap e mouthfeel yeah i think that's from the like we were saying before the high um the high i don't know what their percentage was obviously but the high percentage of oats 
Yeah, so but between the oats and the uh, the dark malts, the a little bit of stringency there. It kind of a little bit for me. Okay. Um, I don't necessarily get that. Hmm. Um, but I the roasty notes, Justin, that you mentioned early on, that was what really drew me to it. And I like that it's a little thinner in the mouthfeel than sometimes you get with some oatmeal stouts. I don't pick up on the soapiness that Mark is talking about. Um, so, to me, like when I had this beer, I was just like, "Man, this is this is incredible! I can't wait to drink more." It's of these. just kind of like a, it's a coating mouthfeel, okay, kind of thing. That uh, you know, just. It feels like my tongue and the the roof of my mouth get coated, and I kind of have to. Yeah, to, I, I, to I, I get the I, I get the same thing. This is has a little bit more of it than at least the the, the you know a little bit that of of mine that I had today. But you're right; it's it's pretty close. Interestingly enough, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, to me, I'm not trying to remove that taste. To me, I, to get that, I just go back and I have another sip. Um, yeah, I'm not. And I feel like that, and I feel like that goes away. If, I'm not if, trying to use say that to discount it in any right. way. I'm just it's it's personal observation. Okay. And it I don't know, it might be like some people with cilantro and they're like, That's soap. Yeah, I understand. I um, I mean so I don't have that issue with cilantro, but yeah. maybe that's Something I'm, else. I'm that. having a, a similar sort of reaction to oatmeal stouts for whatever reason. Well, I mean, also the oatmeal stout category allows for, um, I think it's like medium to medium high roast. I have to look it up again. Okay. But it also allows you to basically have no roast. Okay. This is a very broad spectrum. Like I, I've mentioned before, the uh, Samuel Smith oatmeal stout is a, a thicker mouthfeel stout. Right. And there's relatively no roast to it. And Mark found a clone recipe for it, and I can tell. I mean, there's barely any roast barley in it. Yeah. And a lot of the darker malts are put in as a uh, later in the mash. Okay. So it, it less astringency, less roast. Um, Interesting. And all that, which is, for me, in an oatmeal stout, kind of what I'm trying to get more towards. Yeah. So this is obviously still an oatmeal stout, but it, it goes to the other end of the spectrum. Okay. So uh, why don't you, as our oatmeal stout guru, why don't you uh, give us a rating on this one? All right, so I mean, as far as how much I want to drink of it, I'm probably gonna, uh, I'm probably gonna stick to a pint, simply because of the what what Mark had mentioned with the uh, the flavor sticking in my mouth and around my mouth, like I can literally feel it on the inside of my cheeks. Okay, um, that's gonna keep me from drinking more, but I still think it's a pretty damn good beer. All right, how about you, Mark? I'm gonna go right with Justin and call this a pint. I can drink the pint, but after that, I'm going to be looking for something else to just kind of refresh my palate. Okay. I got to say, this is one that I really differ with from you guys on. Um, and I'm a little bit sad. I was really hoping that you guys would love this one as much as I love it. Because <laughs> um, this one's going to be a growler for me. Oh, wow. Um, that might be the, one of the biggest disparities we've ever had. Yeah. I mean, I just, I really like it. I think it has that perfect balance of that little bit of roast it doesn't overdo it on the on the mouthfeel of it, um, and I just think it's supremely drinkable. Like that to go through. Like I can see myself if this is on tap at a bar, like just knocking back pint after pint of this one night, and all of a sudden being like, well, I don't know, I 
I drank. I, I don't, had, I don't I know had, what happened, officer. I, it was the same beer. Yeah, I kept drinking the same thing, so it must have only been one beer, right? Like, right. Like well, if the not, glass never gets empty, it's all one, right? Exactly. Um, you know, as I have done on a few occasions with some a few other beers, uh, like when Mark when I've handed the keys to Mark and said, oh, "I guess you're driving me home now." That's um, every time I go out with Mark with the uh, with like the <laughs> with like the uh, the nitro stout over at Brookhouse. You know how I'm just like, oh wow, these are going down really easy tonight. Okay, um, so yeah, so for me it's a growler because I really love it. That's um, interesting. The uh, the next one we're gonna have is a uh, a sour, right? Yes, it's a pale sour ale. This might be the one of the first times I've ever had it. Like a, just a what appears to be from the name a a straight up uh, soured pale ale. Yeah. Mm. So once again, this is another one that they uh, contract brew in uh, in Belgium. Yeah. And what do you guys get in the nose as you're huffing it? I get. Uh... Some floral hoppy aspects, and wow. but also the sort of undertonish uh, sour notes. This is a pretty high ABV uh, sour beer too, six point nine. Um, yeah. I, I would say that's a, a modest gravity. Yeah, the uh, um, color is straight up straw. Oh, like, and totes. Is it, you know, again, if you poured this, I, I might tell you you poured me a Bud Light until I drank it. Yeah, it's it's it does not taste like Bud Light. I it's can crystal. You that much. I can read through this. It's crystal clear. <laughs> yeah, it's, I, in it fact, I, I smell might like use Bud this Light. as a magnifying glass. Yes, <laughs> um, and it's that bright straw color. It's got that nice little foam head on top. Um, Damn, that's good. It is very nice. Yeah, my f- oh. Oh my I good lord! I can't get a ton out of the nose, but I'm a little congested it, tonight. It, so. it's, it smells um, sour. I mean, like a sour beer. You get, you know, I get lactic acid on the nose. You know what I mean? If that's possible. Oh no, I, I'm I'm right there with you. That's what I get as well. It, yeah, uh, this is really good. F- oh, fuck me! This is like this is tr- like amazing. This is sour. This is just like a f- super fine sour beer. I feel like I'm I'm back at Monk's Cafe. Yeah, like you know, a Belgian sour beer. This is awesome. I'm gonna put this up there with like that that one that you brought us from River Beach, the red set, the red messenger. Oh yeah, like where that one that one was funk, and that one had it was a different kind mm. of sour. I understand that, but this is really good. This is more of the lactic sour. Yeah, yeah right. So I I want to make sure I'm getting this right. This is lactic sour, and red messenger is Brett sour, right? Right. Well, I mean, uh, when we talk farmhouse and we talk like horse blanket, that's usually Brett flavor, right? Yeah, but um, there was. Probably lactic sourness yeah. in there as yeah, well. Yeah, I understand it's not oh, completely, okay, but yeah, I'm yeah. talking more the predominant flavor. flavor. Yes. Okay. Yes. I want to make sure. Then, then yes, you are correct. All right. I want to make sure I'm keeping them straight in my head. But um, as far as like quality and how much I'm enjoying it, I'm gonna put this one. Yeah. Like right there too. This is this is my kind of sour. Actually, I um, you know, we only have the one bottle. But Steph would this cr- Steph would crush this. Yeah. This would be oh, yeah. this would be Philadelphia's never see me this drunk drunk. <laughs> except <laughs> the, the, the cats the weren't there. Oh yeah, the, yeah, except for the cats. Especially at seven percent. Seven percent for her is like forty percent for us. Which like kind of boggles my mind, honestly. Yeah, well, you know. She's a lightweight. But, yeah, I uh, know, but like that's what boggles my mind is to how much of a lightweight your wife is because she's an Amazon. Well, yes, but she also literally didn't drink a thing until she met me. 
I know, but even still, like... She hasn't sufficiently punched her liver. No. Apparently not. I don't know. It's, it's we're, we're getting there. Two or three more Philadelphia trips, she's going to be a full-blown wino, so it'll be okay. <laughs> I mean, Justin, you didn't know me before I didn't drink, but uh, I, I'm i very much my father's son in the fact that, like, it's just like... Well, I mean... Both of you were at Mike and Brianne's wedding. Yeah. Yes. I was fine, and then I blacked out. Yeah, you, you have a tipping point that's very, very small. There's a small Marcus. window where you can make a decision to stop. You don't ever, and uh, you just go, boop. Yeah, it's a, cl- it's a cliff for Mark. That's <laughs> yeah. all. But your hollow leg fills up. I get it. I understand. Right, but once the hollow leg is full, there's still... a. Like, even if I don't remember it, I still have a certain level of wherewithal about me. Okay. That people that don't know me well enough to know that I am blacked out are like, hey, Mark's having a really good time. They're not like, wow, he's not going to remember this tomorrow. Well, right. (laughs) The funny, that's that's the funny thing is your, uh, Amy, your wife knew, knew the moment that was about to occur. Well, like, yeah. one of the last things I remember is a conversation between me, you, Justin, and Taylor, and Taylor yeah. with Taylor saying, I can't tell when Mark is drunk. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's a good point. Um, that's not an issue for me. You see me right away. Oh, I, yeah. I, I go from like, yeah, okay, yeah. Some, <laughs> some things have come back to me since then, but pretty much it was that conversation and then I was sitting on my couch. I either can or can't put pants on. That's all I have. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so um, and, and lose your wallet in my car. Yes. So the the this sour pale ale. Um, I would like to get super hammered on the sour yeah, pale ale. Yeah, this is really good. Um, I'm just trying to look for a little details on the bottom. I, I was too. I don't think there's really anything uh, on there. Our fresh exploration is beautifully made and carefully blended. A precise, balanced, tart, complex. With a touch of sweetness, our pale sour ale offer your palate the opportunity to fine-tune its appreciation of sour ales. Um, I think that last line is a, is a good thing there. It kind of sums it up. It says, like, you know, if you can drink this and enjoy it, then you're going to really start to be enjoying sour ales. You know, it's, I, I, it's nice in that it they didn't fruit it, which is kind of a rarity. Yeah. But it's nice to just be able to drink the base beer by itself with its tartness, with its very mild funk. Yeah. But it is very enjoyable that way by itself without having had a fruit edition or a dry hop edition or whatever else. It's it's nice to be able to drink. Just a straight sour beer. Here's the base. Yeah. yeah. Pure unadulterated sour beer. That's why I said it reminded me of the stuff, um, like, you know, a Belgian sour beer. They don't, I mean, they fruit a fair bit of them, but they're, they make sure they leave some of the base beer behind as well. Right. Yeah. I I agree with you guys. I, this is a really good sour ale. And um, I grabbed this because I saw it and I said, okay, I got to get this one. It's soured. I have to try it. Um, And I didn't grab. What they the o- the only other one that I thought about grabbing for us was a barrel aged uh, three philosophers that they had. Oh right, right. And I was like, I'm not huge on the three philosophers. It's just not my favorite quad. So I grabbed this one and said it. I'm very very happy that I did. Me too. This is I think one of the you know it's one of my favorite beers I yeah. ever had. 
it, it is it, it's interesting because like you had said it is the unadulterated base sour beer but i think that it is the perfect level of sour yeah it's, i don't think it needs anything though like i don't no. want them to add a fruit to it i don't want them to do anything else with it just just make me this beer i <laughs> want them to sit on this beer yeah like just sit on some of it and keep it around for three years sit on some of it keep it around for two years sit on some of it keep it around for one year and then blend it together into a goose well it is a blend <sighs> wow. it is already a blended is it a blend of um, three two and one year old i don't think it's no, a blend of multiple years it. But it is um, it is a blended uh, of very sour beers. Especially since if, it was done in Belgium. If they had done that, they would put goose on it. Yeah, I mean, like, if 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 they sat on this and made an actual goose out of it, I think that would be outstanding. Well, you know, you never know with them. They, they definitely adhere to as much of the Belgian tradition as they can. And um, so if you told me... So if in another year... Or two years, if you tell me that they have the goose out, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, for me, I think I'm going to go with a bomber on this one. Um, I think it's very tasty. I really enjoy the sourness of it. I think it's just a nice level of tartness to it. Um, but I think I might have to just change change the pace after two after two pints or so. This is keg. Yeah. All oh, day. Wow. Every day. You're throwing it down, huh? Yeah. This is the perfect, to, to me, one of the most perfect sour beer, like straight sour beers I've ever had. I agree with you, but I'm going to side with Kevin on the volume with the Bomber. I think the Bomber is the good quantity because two of these, like straight up, it's very good. But two yeah. of these straight up would be my limit without mixing something else in there in between having more right yes i agree i would like to have a fridge stocked with bombers <laughs> to, yeah you know to you know get me to sort of that keg area but uh as far as one time on this one the bottom bomber is going to be the max yeah i i hear you i i want a stockpile of these in my yeah. fridge. I want to have them available to me at all times. I just can't drink the whole thing all. I just can't drink the whole keg all at once. It's funny. I, I mean, I could. I can just. You could keep pouring me this beer, and you'll just keep drinking it. I can just keep drinking it. Like, oh, I, 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 I believe yeah. you, and I understand you. Oh. Why? I just. I just know that I would enjoy it a lot more. Pardon me by pacing it out a little bit and. I'm just so I'm just so I'm really really happy that you guys enjoyed it. Yeah, that was very good, um, and that it was a good find. I um, think that all of them were, were very good. Um, even with the uh, you know how we you know how I felt about the lovely dark and deep, still a, a great beer. Yeah, it's always nice to get something um, you know that is different than what you anticipate a certain style of being, and something that's right. different than the way that other people brew a style. Yeah, it's also nice. Like I'm familiar with Omiyang. I. I've had the uh, the Rosetta before, right? But the other two, I don't know that I've even ever seen them. Yeah, yeah. To, I, I didn't know. Purchase. I didn't know that any of these three existed from Omega. Well, I've, and honestly, the Rosetta I may have gotten down in Virginia. Yeah, 
oddly enough, because to we're a lot closer here. Yeah, I'm, we're a lot closer on the island, but being that we're an island, it's kind of a desert in certain respects. Right. Yeah, and anybody that lives on Long Island knows that those those bridges are just like the barrier to the world. Like if you, once you pass the bridges, it's like, oh my god, what's going on here? You know, <laughs> and you never, but you never really want to go beyond the bridges because it takes you a goddamn extra hour and a half just to get to those bridges. Yeah, or like even just going somewhere in New York City when yeah. pe- people from off Long Island are like, oh, so how far is the city for you? And you're like, well, it's probably about two hours. And they're like, yeah, but how many miles is it? Yeah. That it's, doesn't matter. It's 60 it miles. It doesn't it's, matter. It's 60 miles or 65 miles. It's between two and four hours, depending upon how much somebody fucked up on a highway. Yeah, right. exactly. <laughs> how many burning cars are there on the side of the highway? Because if there's more than one, yeah. it's going to take you about four hours. Right. Um, I'm just really excited. Uh, I'm really excited that you guys enjoyed this. And the Lovely Dark and Deep, I had never seen before, but I saw it up there. And since then, I think I've seen it distributed. Um, I have not seen the... I had never had the Rosetta before. And as soon as I tried it, and as soon as Rachel tried it, we were just both... We both looked at each other and went, we're getting this one. This one's good. <laughs> this is um, a keeper. They did not have the uh, the Pale Sour on tap. They just had the bottle. So it was a complete crapshoot. I just grabbed it. I said, I, I got to try this one. Well, then you rolled the 20, my friend. You did. Uh, I think you're mixing metaphors there, but yeah, absolutely. Roll the the 20. I rolled a D20 in the craps game, and I came up a winner. (laughs) And you know what I yelled? Yahtzee. (laughs) There we go. Exactly. Um, But Oma Gang still is, is, it's just like, I can't get over like how it was just, it was like the perfect day when I got up there, and it was just such a nice venue. They do a huge concert series over the summer. Uh, they do a really big festival uh, towards the end of the summer. They have some fairly big, like, bands. big name bands yeah, like, playing there. Like I saw, I was on their website the other day and I saw like oh, Cake Returns or whatever something. Yeah, like they that. get some decent bands, and their festival each year they kind of change the theme a little bit each year. This like one light, one year they did Bill Murray. <laughs> really? Yeah, like literally the theme was Bill Murray. That's and amazing. So they just they set up a huge screen and they were projecting uh Groundhog like Bill Murray movies. They played Groundhog <laughs> Did they Day. They were in Groundhog Day for like 3 days straight. No, they ran it twice in a row though. Um and they open up a lot of their fields to camping. Like you can go up in the upper fields and camp. That's cool. Um and even Cornell University has taken over a little plot of land in on their one of their fields to study some of the hops that they can grow there because it was originally a hop farm and central new york um, well new york state in yeah, period used exactly. to be the hop capital capital of the country exactly and so to get to get people like the smarty pants that are at cornell university start working on getting some more of the hops growing in that region and i visited Probably, I visited quite a few breweries in the area. I visited six or so in that week, and I drove by a few more than that. And I saw hops growing in a couple different locations along central New York and in the Finger Lakes region. So I'm hoping that as the craft beer industry continues to grow in New York, that the hop industry kind of follows along suit because I think more it, jobs for New Yorkers is better. I think it's got to just because uh, all the New York State farm brewery licenses right next year is when the requirement steps up from 
a minimum of 20% New York State produced ingredients to 60. Wow, that's a really big jump. If that is like a like a Jesus. You feel like you feel like you could there'd be a step in between there. Like <laughs> there'd probably like... be like okay, maybe we go 20 and then we go 40 for 5 years and then in another 5 years we go to 60%. Yeah, I forget I forget when and the exact second step is, but I want right. to say it's like 90% in like phase 3. Yeah, in like 2020 or, wow. or whenever it is. That's incredible. Yeah, it's a really steep curve. Hey, you know what? I mean, there's got to be some give back to the tax credit that they're getting on it. Oh, yeah, um, no. So to make it, you know, to demand that high curve, I'm sure there was lobbying on both sides to develop a curve that worked for both groups. Oh, yeah. The, the uh, farm brewery license is very... Very lucrative. Yeah, and uh, the, the flexibility afforded to it is something also that I think we're really starting to see a lot more, at least on Long Island, with the breweries producing hard ciders and things like that. Yeah. Which is afforded to them by the flexibility of that farm brewery license. Right, right. right. Yeah, they, they're allowed to, to, I mean, almost be... You know, they almost have winery status because of that. Yeah. Right. Um, I don't know if they... I believe Gang falls into the farm, farm brewery status. They were talking about it. They, they, 90% certain they fall into that same group. I, I could believe that easily, yeah. Uh, because I know they do source a lot of their materials um, in New York State. And they also do a great job of working with local farmers to sell their like spent grain. Um, they sell it back to a lot of local farmers and they sell it at a real minimum because and only sell it because New York state said they have to sell it. They can't just give it away because they used to just give it away um, as stock feed wow. to uh, local dairy farms and things like that. That's interesting. Cause aren't they? Uh... Yeah. Cause I know uh brick house here locally and somebody else is participating in it too. Like Town of Brookhaven has yeah. this program called Brew to Moo, yeah, where they're taking taking the spent grain and using it to feed, uh, you know, the animals at a town farm in yeah. I forget where it is. I but. think it's I think it may be because they're probably giving it to commercial farms. Oh right, um, instead of a town so there, farm, so there yeah. might be that, um, or it might just be the sheer volume. Yeah, that they're doing that. that could be if you're doing well. such a big volume, you're actually affecting. <laughs> you're really affecting. Yeah, because Oma, Oma Gang is definitely going. Oma Gang is generally generating a lot more spent grain than Brick House or pretty much anybody else Any of on Long, Long Island, Island Brewers, except yeah. for maybe Blue Point and uh, Greenport Harbor. I think they would surpass Greenport Harbor. Probably, but yeah. I mean, I just I don't. Yeah. Uh, Blue Point is probably the only one that I think would get close to them. Yeah, but like the reason I said Greenport Harbor is because their Peconics facility is yeah they're pretty pers- sizable. Yeah, it is a sizable. It's facility. definitely Greenport Harbor's Peconic facility is definitely larger, larger, blah, blah, larger than Blue Point's current facility right. on River Avenue. That's true. That's true. Well, I'm really glad you guys enjoyed these beers, and and I'm really drunk. I hear that. Um, and I'm looking no forward to um, 
maybe getting up that direction with you guys and the families and being a chance to hang out up there. No doubt. Sounds like a good time. All right. Well, cheers, everybody. And I uh, hope you enjoyed it. If you see some Omega Gang beers, make sure you give them a shot, okay? No doubt. Cheers. Cheers. If you enjoyed Beertastic Voyage, please be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to review and rate us. The guys can be found online at www.beertasticvoyage.com. On Facebook at www.facebook.com slash beertasticvoyage. And Twitter and Instagram at beertasticshow. Or send them a good old-fashioned email at beertasticvoyage at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and cheers for local beers.